Hey, welcome to Who Knew It with Matt Stewart. And uh, this is not Matt Stewart, this is Saran Jayamana. We're in Sydney, we're about to be in Brisbane, we're doing live Who Knew It with Matt Stewart's in both those cities. And we're also doing our stand-up shows, uh, Dry Dry, is that right? That is correct, uh, Who Knew It's with Matt Stewart's, and also Dry Dry in Sydney at the Manning Bar, and in Brisbane at the beautiful Powerhouse. Oh, so good. And we're you're doing the Who Knew It's at the Chippo, and at the Good Chat Comedy. Anyway, we'd love to see you there, it'd be fantastic. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to Who Knew It with Matt Stewart, the show where the guests write the wrong answers. I'm the titular Matt Stewart, and our first guest this week from Finding Jesus and the Total Reboot podcast, it's Alexi Toliopoulos. It is my pleasure and my dream to be amongst you today, friends. <laughs> our second guest this week <laughs> has his debut special, Rat Paradise, streaming worldwide. Welcome, Jack Druce. This is the greatest honor of my life to be with you fellas today. <laughs> Wow. wow. Holy moly. It's not getting any better for me either. I can get wow. this is the top. We have reached the pinnacle yeah. and now we shall trudge forth into heaven yeah. together because the only way is up. <laughs> oh, it's so good to have you both here. Uh, the, the vibe in the room is electric. Wow. Let me tell you how the show works. Uh, I ask a relatively obscure trivia question and our contestants have to write a convincing fake answer. I then read their answers as well as the real one and they have to guess which one is correct. Okay, are we ready to play? I was actually one of the few people on this earth that was born ready. <laughs> I was born uh, incapable of doing this. Okay, wow. After Jeez. a lot of uh, surgery and therapy, <laughs> I think I'm ready. Well, we are two geniuses in the room today, so the chances of us knowing the answer, I would say extremely high. Two of the most learned men in the world of comedy coming head to head. All right, here's question number one. And this one comes from Alan Kerr from Glasgow. The question is, what is the meaning of the word defense? What is the meaning of the word? The def- meaning of the word defense. Okay, I think I know <laughs> this one. We got to act like we don't know it, right? Though. So okay, all right. Defense. Uh, all maybe right. like a type of fish, I guess. Yeah. Uh, maybe the French word for the fence, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. What is the meaning of the word defenestration? What is the meaning of the word defenestration? All right, while they're writing their answers, I'll explain how the scoring works. So you get one point if your fake answer is guessed by the other contestant and another point if you correctly guess the answer. By the way, I'm also playing as the house. I've put in two of my own fake answers with the help of the question writers for each question and I get a point for each one of those that our guests choose. So each of us can score up to two points per round. It seems fair, but the probability actually favours me. The house... And the house always wins. So if you've listened to most of the episodes, you know that is often not the case. Anyway, our questions come from our great Patreon supporters. If you want to submit a question, sign up on any level via patreon.com slash dogonpod, linked in the show notes. All right, the answers are in. So let's go back to our first question. 
What is the meaning of the word defenestration? Here are your five options. A wartime tactic where foreign spies learn military secrets by seducing the partners of high-ranking government officials. (laughs) The removal of drainage systems. The act of throwing someone or something out of a window. To remove one's toenails permanently. Or deliberately leaving the milk out so that it goes off. Wow, wow. So many glorious options. Yes. And each one more interesting than the last. (laughs) Yeah. Mm, I am kind of thinking at the moment that the answer could perhaps be the removal of, would you say, drainage systems? Yes. But that seems like such a specific thing. Like, why would you need to remove drainage systems? Is it, and there's no talk of putting new ones in place. So, is it just making something more shit? Like, to just go, well, yeah, we're just going to have an empty hut now with no (laughs) drainage. You can just live there, no problem. If they're not, you know, refenestrating. What a refenestration oh, I've never yeah. heard of before. But you have heard of defenestration. Well, I've heard of it as of three <laughs> seconds ago. Well, you um, know, the next question may well be, what is refenestration? Wow. And then hopefully I would have learned from this round a little something to help me out. I'm actually, I think I will go with that, removing the drainage. That's, But, you know, they might be going off the grid. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that if removing drainage is something people off the grid do, but it, mm. if they if they're legitimate, they would. Yeah. If only I knew what to fenester something meant, then I could surely deduce what <laughs> <Yeah>. this is. <laughs> That's a big part of it, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Jack? I don't know. I'm, th- I'm thinking about the seducing the government officials' partners. That seems like such a wild uh, mm. position to have in the military. Yeah, the defenestrator. Yeah, I feel yeah. like it'd be hard to like mingle with your um, veterans <laughs> post-war. They're all talking about the trenches and stuff. And it's like, yeah, some of those uh, some of those dames I was smooching in Paris. Uh, yeah, so I was in nature's trench. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Isn't a isn't a relationship the ultimate trench? Am I right, fellas? <laughs> We all have our scars. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I wonder if there's a wartime medals for that. Yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. It's just uh, a little high five on a little medallion. Yeah. 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 It's a medallion. Some sort of like body count thing. Two eyes, and one of them is winking on the medal. <laughs> um,. But sorry, can you tell me the last two again? Because you said I'll, that just, I'll quickly go through them all again. Me think of that. So, so we had that wartime one. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we had removal of drainage systems. Yeah. Act of throwing someone or something out of a window. Yeah. To remove one's toenails permanently or deliberately leaving the milk out so that it goes off. Um, now the the toenails one that sounds a bit like the drainage one. There's no talk of uh, replacing the yeah. toenails there, Alex. Wow! Wow! Alex. Wow! Have you ever been called Alex? Alex? Whoa. <laughs> I, yeah, you know, you know, not not on the record before, but um, I will respond to Alex. But if you call me Alex, good lord, I will fucking lay yeah. waste to you, brother. How would the removal of toenails permanently? Like what would be done yeah, so that they don't grow back? Yeah, like you can putting, take them off, but then- You could cut you, the whole foot off perhaps. Yeah, like, yeah. That might help them from growing back permanently. <laughs> yeah, if you took your whole foot off, describing that as removing your toenails permanently yeah. would be a wild description of that act. That um, might be known as the greatest defenestration yeah. of them all, to <laughs> yeah. take the whole foot off. Um, no, I'm sticking with um, seducing the partners of government officials. Okay, looking that in for Jack. All right, let's go through who wrote the answers. Uh, first up, they're deliberately leaving the milk out so that it goes off. That was the house, uh, specifically wow. written by Alan. Yeah. 
the question right of course a house with the right something that's a common household problem yeah, exactly <laughs> that's why i didn't lock that one in yeah i was uh, i quite enjoyed uh, alan's work there uh then we had to remove one's toenails permanently that was written by alex <gasps> yes Yes, I thought it would be a disgusting thing to imagine and to st- to really strike you out, Drews. <laughs> Your strategy is to destroy my brain early <laughs> yeah. in the game, so I can't, can't to give you some anymore. kind of yeah. to give you some kind of mid-game illness, yeah. perhaps like can win by default. Uh, the removal of drainage systems—that was written by Jack. So wow, Alexi Jack. went for that one. Right, Congratulations, you have bested me, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, that means that. Jack, you're still in the running for having the correct answer here. But unfortunately, no, the wartime tactic where foreign spies uh, boned partners or whatever, that was also the house, also written by Alan. The correct answer was the act of throwing someone or something out of a window. Wow. Wow. Which I, what, does what a wild mean? word. Yeah. Is, fenest- is fenestration a type of window? Uh, fenestra is apparently uh, the new Latin word for window or opening. Wow. Good Lord. Well, hopefully there'll be a fenestra for me to win the game later on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that means one point for Jack, one point for the house uh, as we go on to question number two. Uh, this one comes from Abraham Eifer from Tallinn in Estonia. I think this might be our first Estonian question. The question is, what is Momofuku Ando best known for? That's a person's name. What is Momofuku Ando best known for? So while you're writing those answers down, I'll uh, let the listeners know a bit more about defenestration. So according to Alan, the word comes from the new Latin D, meaning down from, and fenestra, window or opening. If someone was to jump out of a window, this would be auto-defenestration. The term originates from two incidents in history, both occurring in Prague. In 1419, seven town officials were thrown from the new town hall, precipitating the Hussite War. And then in 1618, two imperial governors and their secretary were tossed from the Prague Castle, sparking the Thirty Years' War. These incidents particularly that in 1618 were referred to as the defenestrations of Prague and gave rise to the term and the concept. Oh, my God. Well, now it's one of my greatest fears to be defenestered. So (laughs) So I was watching a show on Netflix this week set in Oktoberfest in the early 1900s and someone auto Were you watching Beer Fest? Were you watching Beer Fest? (laughs) Wasn't watching Beer Fest, no. I was watching... uh, I guess it's sort of a, mo- a gritty reboot of Beer Fest called wow. Oktoberfest Beer and Blood. Whoa, someone had to do it. Someone had to grittily reboot Beer Fest. <laughs> beer Fest, what a classic. I'm nervous, Alexi, about we, our last question is always a, a movie synopsis. And, I'm, and I had to work hard to try and find one I hope that you wouldn't know. Wow. Because you know- A mighty task. I've seen almost every single film. So it is a tough one for you to come up against me, sir. I don't know why I keep calling you guys sir. I just think yeah. I have a tremendous amount of respect for you. It's but- very respectful, but also your tone is very combative as well. It's really hard to figure out where we, where we sit with you. I love to keep the yeah. guys on edge, you know? <laughs> uh, all right. Looks like your answers are in. Yeah, I'm in. So the question is, what is Momofuku Ando best known for? He, sorry. Forgiven. <laughs> Not by me, mate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He was the inventor of instant noodles. He tried to break the record for the world's biggest playable guitar, but a construction mishap led to his death when the nearly completed guitar fell on him. 
Oh, gosh. That would be one of the greatest nightmares, to be so close to fulfilling your destiny. Yeah. A mighty swordsman from the Ronan era. They're a performance artist known for attempting to climb Everest naked. Or he revolutionized the world of dog fashion. Wow. Five pretty compelling options there. Uh, Jack, do you want to have first stab here? Sure. I mean... The guitar one has captured my imagination. That would be, <laughs> I feel like that's so, um, so beautiful. I would have heard about it earlier <laughs> yeah. now. Just like the idea of being yeah. crushed by the, crushed by your own dream. Mm. Surely there will be an Oscar winning film based on that by now. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, it ends, but the closing credits are played on the world's biggest guitar. Wow. Um, wow. Jack Black could surely will be oh, yeah. a masterclass in that performance. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if you could get the world's biggest man to play the world's biggest guitar. Oh, who's currently holding that record? I did watch a YouTube video about the world's tallest man, and they, <laughs> he was asked about the time he met uh, the world's shortest woman for a Guinness World Record event. And uh, they asked him about it, and he got extremely emotional. And he was like, "It was so wonderful to meet her, but I had to tell the all the the like aides and helpers to keep her far away from me because I I couldn't see her down there so low, and I thought oh. I'd step on her and crush her." Oh Whoa. my god! And he was like really upset by how he was like. It was so good <laughs> to meet her, but I just couldn't stay. I couldn't be anywhere near her. <laughs> wow, that's an account I've never had. No one I've ever met. I've been worried about crushing them, but yeah. <laughs> you know, it could, could be kind of funny. Could that have been Sultan Kusin, a Turkish farmer? Yeah, I think he was Turkish. Yeah, it's got the. So I've searched world's biggest man, mm. and you made a good point. You you knew him as the world's tallest man. How do you? How do you become the world's biggest man? Because yeah, big can be so be many things. Personality, wider, height, width. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going for world's biggest personality yeah. at the moment is what I'm trying. <laughs> I would love like a Miss Universe style pageant for the world's biggest man. And there's all different criterias that can... There's one guy's not that big, but he's just, he's out there. He's, he's yeah. riffing, he's dancing, he's got so a real much character. Cat. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's one guy who's like eight foot tall and eight foot wide. And he is filling out a couple of categories yeah. there. <laughs> and he's really trying to work on his charisma to try and get that <laughs> over the line. But just a cube, man. Yeah. That's so Mr. Funny. Cube. Mr. Cube. <laughs> uh, well, I can't have we locked in any answers here? No. No, no. Um, what's, what's the what was it? Biggest cube? cube? Let's put that. Yeah, my answer is biggest <laughs> Mr. Cube. Uh, Momofuku Ando, what's he best known for? Inventor oh, yeah, of instant yeah. noodles, uh, died. Um, with the big guitar, Mighty Swordsman, Nude, Everest Climber, or Dog Fashion Revolutionary? I'm going Dog Fashion. That just felt the... Uh, <laughs> don't have an explanation. It just felt the most natural wow. to me. Okay. Just hit right. All right. I actually think Dog Fashion is the most unnatural. I think it is one of the most... The <laughs> things that one can do to forsake God is to dress a dog up. So, I will be going for <laughs> instantaneous noodles. Okay. Instantaneous noodles for Alexi. Let's go through who wrote the answers. Uh, firstly, the one that caught your attention earlier about the guitar, that was written by The House. Wow. Uh, congratulations to The House. That's uh, good writing. Friend of the show, Dave A Wonky, wonderful writer. Is, a, is obsessed with a, a Wikipedia page that... That is uh, inventors who were killed by their own creations. I'm obsessed with that now as well. Yeah, and I think I I was, (laughs) I didn't realise it at the time, but I think I must have been inspired by that idea. Yeah. Uh, Then we had A Mighty Swordsman from the Ronan era. That was written by Alexi. When was the Ronan era? 
Lex. Don't know. I just made that up. I just thought of samurais and stuff like that and was like, let's just put it in. I don't even think it's an era. I think it's just a term for, you know, samurai. Well, it had right. it had me. I believed it. Yeah, I was trying to think of the most realistic thing one could write down. <laughs> I think you nailed it. If anything, maybe well, it was too not realistic. really didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, Jack did go for a world uh, dog fashion guy, so it's mm. not all. You, you know, you never know what they're going to go for. Uh, the performance artist known for attempting to climb Mount Everest naked that was written by Jack. Wow, that was me. That means Jack. That would have been my second pick, mate. Ooh. That means one of you is correct, and it's not Jack, uh, the revolutionizer of world dog fashion. That was written by Abraham slash the House. I mean, the correct answer is he was the inventor of instant noodles. Whoa. Okay. One point to Lex. Congratulations to me, the future victor of this game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that means uh, one point to Lex, one point to the house. I'm sure you've covered this on your many other podcasts and your podcasting uh, empire, but can you give me one example of an inventor uh, killed by their own invention? Oh, geez. I, I feel like the, what's that uh, wheeling machine that you sort of stand on you lean the forward. car <laughs> yes the automobile the automobile oh yeah yeah now the segway segway i think the segway oh, guy wow. fell off a cliff riding a segway oh man wow in many ways i would put john lennon on that list because his music did inspire oh. that man to kill him yeah. oh that is a good point um, and the grim one that is a very grim <laughs> So it's called, the, the page is called List of Inventors Killed by Their Own Invention. Oh, the classic one that we, uh, Dave did a whole do go on about was this guy who created the parachute suit and he jumped oh, off the yes. Eiffel Tower to prove oh, that it worked yeah, yeah. and it, it didn't quite work. Oh, man. I but just, it worked for a second or two, didn't Yeah, it worked for a little bit. Uh, just not well enough. He didn't live to tweak it, though, unfortunately. I was just giggling ah, about the idea that on the page there's the inventor of uh, Murdertron 10,000. <laughs> 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 Who would have thought? <laughs> Murdertron, <Why>? no! <laughs> uh, all right, here we are with question number three. This one comes from Alec Ruiz Guerrero from Austin, Texas, and his question is, Famous Mexican comedian Roberto Gomez Bolanos was known mainly by a nickname. What does that nickname translate to in English? Uh, while you're writing your answers, I'll let the audience know a bit more about Momofuku Ando. According to Abraham, after World War II, Japan was facing food shortages. Momofuku Ando was convinced that noodles could be flash fried to allow for longer storage and easier preparation in the kitchen. After a year of trial and error, he created what we now know as instant ramen, and the rest, as they say, is history. Fun fact, he's also credited with the invention of cup noodles and the global popularization of instant noodles in general. Wow. Well, finally a collaboration between the guy that invented the cup and the guy that invented noodles. Mm. The world been waiting patiently. Uh, he's, he's known as the father of instant noodles. What a great wow. title. I wonder how his other children feel about that. <laughs> This is my sibling, all instant noodles. <laughs> I wish more comedians in Australia had, like, nicknames they weren't by. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what would you go by if you could? Does it have to be in Spanish? Uh, it doesn't have to be. Okay. Um, maybe the, uh, the bunyip of comedy. Oh, yeah. Wow. I like, I like those um, cryptozoological yeah. animals. And I feel yeah. like bunyips are... 
don't get enough recognition. You know, everyone talks about Bigfoot and whatever. And even mm-hmm. in Australia, the Yowie gets more love than the yeah, Bunyip. Yeah, yeah. Bunyips, I like them. Well, I think it's a great way to get the Bunyip a little bit more, so I think you should change yeah, it, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be shortened to just Bunyip eventually, and then probably yeah. Yippo or something. Yeah, <laughs> Yippo. Yippopotamus. <laughs> <laughs> and I do like really... Um, very profound Nanette-style shows. Yeah. I was like, you've seen uh, Yippo's new, uh, new tearjerker? <laughs> Yippo just won the Barry? That's sick. All right, here's question number three. Famous Mexican comedian Roberto Gomez Bolanos was known mainly by a nickname. What does that nickname translate to in English? Man dressed as a duck. The Mexican rattlesnake. A thousand liters of laughter. Little Shakespeare. Or Senor Cube. <laughs> Oh, man. I would love like a big stadium lineup comedy tour of acts named all those things. Yeah. Like, one after the other. The MC's just bringing them on, just killing. <laughs> 10,000 litres of laughter. Here we go. It's just, it's, it's just a regular person, but they're like submerged in a big water tank that gets wheeled on stage yeah. and they perform from the tank. <laughs> that would be good. Be the sick. first liquefied comedian. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. What were they again? We've got 10,000 litres of... Okay, yeah. Can you, can you read them out as if you're bringing them onto the stage? Okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Please welcome me. He's one of my great friends. It's Man Dressed as a Duck. Yes. Quack, quack, sir. One of the best in the business. He's been touring all around Australia. Please make him welcome. It's the Mexican Rattlesnake. Wow. You know him, you love him, you've seen him on the project. It's a thousand liters of laughter. <laughs> he is one of our favorites here at the room we're in. Please welcome him up. It's little Shakespeare. Oh, I doff my cap at thee. Fast becoming a legend of the scene. This guy is one that all the comedians love to watch. Give us all you got for Senor Cube. Yes. Cube, 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 cube. Now, does that, does that help you? It helps me emotionally. <laughs> um, great. Um, yeah, that's awesome. I love, um, I love that little Shakespeare implies the existence of a comedian named Big Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, they or maybe he's a double referring act. to Big Bill himself. Oh. <laughs> and he's just the smaller version. Oh, yeah. Big Billy Shakespeare. Um, Either wow. of you have, have a, a thought here? What, what, I'm thinking that man dressed as a duck seems very like, much like Jack Drews's humour. I don't know why, but I associate <laughs> Jack Drews with bird style humour. <laughs> and there's something yeah. about that that is clock. I'm clocking Drews. Um, I'm thinking perhaps Little Shakespeare is the option. Little Shakespeare, locking that in. Because Mexican Rattlesnake, I'm writing that one off because- it would be like if I was called the Australian, like, if you chose your name as the Australian Bunyip, he's, it's implied that he's mm. Mexican. Actually, Jack, I think you should put that one in, maybe. Yeah. Mexican <laughs> rattlesnake? Yeah. Um, no, I don't know. I'm a- I can't play that kind of dirty game. I don't know how to do it. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm too in love with um, 10,000 litres of laughter. Is that the, the, the correct amount of litres? Uh, it's just 1,000 litres of laughter. I think 10,000 wow. litres would be even better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just, that's- me- measuring laughter in liters is so funny yeah. to me. And if, if any of you boys are responsible for that, then I don't mind taking the L because I'll, I'll give you that. If that, that being the preferred unit of measurement for comedy, it really gets me. So. All right, let's go through 
<laughs> we write the answers. <laughs> uh, we add, Man dressed as a duck. That was written by the house. Wow, Juice. Wow. I'm so sorry to yeah. call your bird a friend of bird comedy. Yeah, I'll, I'll call me that anytime, man. Yeah, you do have multiple bird bits, though. I know there was a whole bird bird show, wasn't there, a few years back? Well, I called one show uh, Kitchen Bird, which involved a bird. And then I did my next show. It was called Rat Paradise, but there were birds in the poster for the rat one. Mm. So I'm really inconsistent with my animal kind right. of stuff yeah. I do. <laughs> Maybe you could change it into Jack Bird or Jack Parrot, perhaps. <laughs> Jack, Jack Parrot. Parrot is awesome. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Wow. Uh, the Mexican Rattlesnake, that was written by Jack. That's me. Very, which, very wow. un, um, unfunny, all my answers so far. I feel like I just, there's something in me that wants to, I like board yeah. games and I just want to play the yeah, game. I yeah. got to like remember yeah. to be a comedian sometimes. No, I, I love that. But that's that. how you're going to get me out, I reckon. Yeah. That's a good balance as well because uh, Alexi really threw this one by going, send your cube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I just got Mr. Cube stuck in my brain yeah. at the moment. Unfortunately, <laughs> imagining the eight foot tall and eight foot wide man. <laughs> I love it. I said your cube is oh, so good. But yeah. I like how you've also got the English translation. You've got one Spanish yeah. word in it. Well, not yeah. Mr. Cube, but anyway, I love yeah, that Senor Cube. I Fantastic. had to put Senor Cube. You I'm so to. sorry to break the rules of the game. <laughs> you had to. Uh, I'd love to know what Cube is in Spanish. I'll find Cubos? out. Cubos? Cubos. Senor Cubos. Cuban? Oh, Cuban, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Famously a cube-shaped country. <laughs> uh, all right, so that means one of you is correct here. A thousand liters of laughter. That was the house, wow. I'm afraid. Oh. So little Shakespeare is wow. correct. But I appreciate wow. those compliments, Jack. I also was tickled as I was writing Leaders of Laughter. Yeah. You How did your brain your, come up your with it? intro for your festival show. Yes. you got to call a show that 1,000 Leaders of Laughter guaranteed. It's oh, really- yeah. I think it was just a little bit of the alliteration, Leaders of Laughter. Wow. And, and just the, the idea that there'd be a, a, like a translation mix up. Mm, that it doesn't- yeah, There's not yeah. a direct wow. translation, so it- <laughs> doesn't quite come out right, but it ends up being on, even better. On behalf of Drews and I here today, we actually would love to bestow upon you the honour of being one of the great writers of all time. <laughs> <Absolutely. laughs> um, yeah, move over, Big Shakespeare. There's a new writer in town. <laughs> all right, quick score update after three rounds. We've got Jack on one point, Alexi on two points, but out front it's the house on three points. I'm very wow. uncomfortable out in the lead, you two, so you need a lift here. Yeah. Okay. Remember right, that we're going to bring the house down. In any- Not unlike big sh- little Shakespeare himself, <laughs> we shall bring the house down. Uh, you can, in any one round, score two points if you get the correct wow. answer and, and uh, the other person guesses your answer, so... Wow, I hope to do that next round then. Thank the you for reminding me that it's a possibility. Scores can change very quickly. All right, so question four. This one comes from Emmy White from Albuquerque in New Mexico. Wow. question is, which of the following is a real headline from the Canadian newspaper Red Deer Advocate? Which of the following is a real headline from the Canadian newspaper Red Deer Advocate? And while you're writing your answers, here's a little more info about Roberto Gomez Balanos. According to NPR... In English, Chesperito, which is uh, what he's known as, Chesperito roughly means Little Shakespeare, a fitting name for Roberto because the Mexico City-born artist wrote hundreds of television shows, 20 films, and countless theatre productions during his career, and also because of his stature and size. He cast himself as a- He was eight foot tall (laughs) and eight foot wide. (laughs) (laughs) His real name was Senor Q. (laughs) 
he cast himself as a small boy in one of his most famous shows, El Chavo del Oco, or The Kid at Number Eight, uh, which was about a poor orphan boy who lived in a barrel. Uh, it was slapstick funny, not vulgar, because Bolanos said he avoided vulgarity out of respect for his audience. And it resonated with a wide variety of people because of its depictions of family, friends, and even the disparities in Mexico's economic classes. Bolanos also famously played El Chapelin Colorado, or the Crimson Grasshopper. Whoa. A cocky but clumsy superhero. Bolanos and his Crimson Grasshopper character were the inspiration for The Simpsons' Bumblebee Man. Oh, awesome. Oh, my gosh. I got it. Matt Groening inspired by real life, just like all great artists. (laughs) That's awesome, that guy. I got to look into. um, Yeah. Yeah, how cool. Little Shakespeare. Yeah. I got to look into this Mr. Cube guy, too. (laughs) Is there a Mrs. Cube? (laughs) (laughs) Only Madame Rhombus, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) All right. While you're still writing your answers, let's go for a quick break. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Okay, your answers are in. So here is question number four. Which of the following is a real headline from the Canadian newspaper Red Deer Advocate? Newspaper industry dying. Please buy this paper. (laughs) Peak mayor wins in election landslide. Justin Trudeau dead. Just kidding. He just did something problematic. Man eats underwear to beat breathalyzer. Or calls for truce as owner of Loose Moose offers no excuse. Wow. Okay. One of these is a headline. Wow. The Red I'm actually, Deer Advocate. I'm thinking perhaps, is this front page news? Uh, I don't, oh, I don't know, actually. Could sure. It could just be anywhere in the paper. Yeah, it's a headline. It could be front page. Wow. I'm trying to think of front page. What is worthy of the front page? Perhaps mm. the, I'm thinking maybe man eating underwear to defeat breathalyzer because I can imagine you know, if you have been sinking a few of those Canadian whiskeys, you would be doing anything you can to beat the breathalyzer. And perhaps in a moment of need, you would try munching on your own undies. Okay. It would be quite difficult to do, but it would be to me, if the, if I, I don't drive, so I have never had to have these thoughts before. It's the first time I'm processing this idea in my head. And if I'm in this state, I like, well, I can't eat my shirt because they would know that I've eaten my whole shirt because I would no longer be shirted. But underwear, <laughs> it's one of the few items of clothing that would not be revealed that you have eaten it. And I would assume it would have the strongest smell and taste, mm. thus neutralizing the breath. I'm leaning- and I will be locking that in, yeah. unfortunately. Okay, locking that in for us. <laughs> uh, and I don't know if I've said this yet, Jack, you can you can pick the same or you yeah. go your own way. It's up to you. No, it's... I, um- I believe I will go my own way. I'm thinking I'm going to go wow. with uh, was the uh, loose moose excuse caboose. Uh, calls for truce as owner of loose moose offers no excuse. Wow, um, the selection for Jack Druce. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I feel like that's the kind of thing that newspapers love to do. 
And I mean, people trying to think of funny. It would be really fun to also write love that. to do that yeah. as well. Um, how do, how are you interpreting the loose there? Is this a morally loose moose or a, a moose on the loose? <laughs> yeah, it's just a, um, that's a good question. I was imagining it was kind of running amok. Yeah. But it could be just, uh, yeah, not not a good moose. Mm. <laughs> sort of not really interested in other people's feelings. Or And if this was a news story about a duck, it more likely would run amok. But yes. it is about the moose, <laughs> yeah, so it is yeah. loose. Um, so happy to lock that in? Uh, yeah, let's do it. All right. Let's go through who wrote the answers. Newspaper industry dying. Please buy this paper. That was written by the house, in particular, Emmy wow. from Emmy, Albuquerque. Work, Albuquerque, I think, has got to be one of the best city mm. names. Yeah. Pig <laughs> mayor wins in election landslide. That was written by Jack. Then we had Justin Trudeau dead. Just kidding. He just did something problematic. That was written by Alexi. Yes. He has yeah. done a few crazy things, such as dressing up as races that he's not. And he, uh, I, I like how you've written in a, a psych in the middle of a newspaper yeah. headline. Yeah, it is my style of comedy to do a yeah. psych in the middle of yeah. something. <laughs> <laughs> Calls for truce as owner of Loose Moose offers no excuse. That was the house, I'm afraid, Jack. Wow. Lexi was correct. It is man eats underwear to beat breathalyzer. Oh, man. Yeah, wow. wild. Solid. I can't with my logic paid off for that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know you don't I'm, have the information, Matt, but do... Do you read that in a way? Do you interpret that to mean he did successfully beat the breathalyzer? <laughs> I do. Have the, I'm going to read the article okay, now in a sec. Wow. Uh, so the next question is question number five, and it comes from Danielle and Adam Osborne from Emsworth in the a UK. Collab. Yeah, wow, love a thank collab. you. Love a collab. To the Osbournes, we wish mm. you thank you. <laughs> and their question is, which of these is a real species of fungi? Is it, no, fungi. No, how do you say that? Mm. I would say either one. Okay, great. And I would be incorrect at one of those times, but <laughs> I'm not sure which one. Yeah. So you basically just got to make up a, a species of fungi or fungi. And while you're writing your answers, here is the article written by Darcy Rickard of the Red Deer Advocate, uh, Red Deer, Alberta in Canada. An 18-year-old Stettler man tried to eat his underwear in the hope that the cotton fabric would absorb alcohol before he took his breathalyzer test. Provincial court heard this week. David Zerfler was subsequently acquitted of a charge of impaired driving because he blew 0.08, uh, which is the legal limit over there apparently. But the testimony broke up people in Judge David McNaughton's provincial court here on Thursday afternoon. Mr. Zerfler was collared by RCMP Constable Bill Robinson after he ran from his vehicle, which had been seen weaving down the highway. While sitting in the back of the patrol car, Mr. Zerfler tried to eat his shorts, Constable Robinson told the court. Mr. Zerfler said he ripped the crotch out of his shorts, stuffed the fabric in his mouth, and then spat it out. A class of law students from William E. Hay Composite High in court as observers were removed by the teacher when testimony enlivened the proceedings. The grade 11 and 12 students had difficulty maintaining composure. People were leaving the courtroom with tears in their eyes, trying not to laugh, said RCMP Constable <laughs> Peter McFarlane. Yeah. I would not find this funny if this happened in real life. I would be like, no way. Try not to laugh. Just try me, brother. I don't think this is funny, and I think less of <laughs> you as a man. Very serious stuff. Like how um, comedians in interviews just say they, they just love making people laugh. Or it's like, if you were serious about that, you'd just commit absurd crimes and then mm. go to trial. Exactly. Call me Mr. Tickler. It's so funny that he didn't. He didn't even blow over anyway. 
I think the guy was looking for an excuse to eat his own undies. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, so your answers are in. Here's question number five. Which of these is a real species of fungi or fungi? Slippery Jack, Cheese Cap, Little Yummy Mushrooms, The Mancurian Monkey, or The Devil's <laughs> Pen Pal? <laughs> Goodness. They all sound delicious. Mm. Some of them sound a little risky, though. So those options again. Slippery Jack, Cheese Cap, Little Yummy Mushrooms, The Mancurian Monkey, or The mm. Devil's Pen Pal? Wow. The Devil's Pen Pal. That's very exciting because yeah. to communicate with the devil is one of the more dastardly things a man can do in this yeah. world. I, I'm looking, um, uh, ay, ay, ay. I'm trying to think because I am a foodie. I love food. Mm. I love to cook it. I love to consume it. And I'm thinking mushrooms, little yummy mushrooms, the cheese cap. The cheese cap is quite exciting to me. Cheese cap. I would love to try the cheese cap. And, do you, and I'm going to, do you oh, cook with mushrooms often? Not really. My partner doesn't eat them, but I freaking love them. I go psycho for those little fungi. <laughs> but so we don't have it much in my house. But when I go out, I usually will get a mushroom thing because it is my my chance to live free from the chains of my partner. <laughs> and that's really when the you know when the cat's away, the mice can play with the little yeah. mushrooms. Um, cheese cap is really enticing me. It sounds fucking fantastic. All right, lock that in. Lock it, babe. All Chuck right. it in, lock it. Turn the key. It's my answer. Um, How about you, Jack? So the little yummy mushrooms sounds good, but it's also seems to be a problematic name for if you were buying mushrooms at like a market or whatever <laughs> and they were like, what kind do you want? And you're like, oh, little <laughs> yummy mushrooms. But it doesn't narrow it down yeah. necessarily. Because yeah, that it's describes a few types of mushrooms. And it's the interpretation of the vendor as well. Yeah. They'd be yeah. like, well, these ones that aren't moving, I call these, I think these are little and yummy. Yeah. Like, but you're just I- trying to get rid of old stock. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I do buy a brand of onions called Yumions. Oh, it's okay. reminding me of that. Yumions, maybe. That doesn't quite know. work, does it? But um, Are there any animals? They work like- great in a pizza, brother. Okay. I'll that. <laughs> Are there any animal meat named to make the meat sound enticing? Oh. Uh, maybe duck breast. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, good question. This is a yum. This is like tasty cheeses. Is a, is a bit of a classic. Yeah, and that's a uh, very, like, weird Aussie thing as well. Oh, is it really? Yeah, when we moved to Australia, it was like, uh, like I remember, like, my dad had a wacky thing where he was getting a sandwich somewhere and he said cheese and they were, like, wow. tasty and he'd, like, I, I would bloody hope so. Tasty cheese, one of the least tasty types of yeah. cheese, I'd yeah, say, as well. Very, it's a very bland mm. cheddar. One of the shittest foods you could eat, I would say. <laughs> and she's over in America, Ooh. Canada. Is it? They are like Jack cheese is big over there, right? Um, that sounds familiar. That's what you're named after, what right? Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was either- Jack cheese would actually be a really good name for you if you, <laughs> yeah. were, if you were still looking to change it. <laughs> it's between Jack cheese, Jack parrot- or um, <laughs> Mr. Mr. Cube. <laughs> yeah. I got to bulk up for Mr. Cube. No one's <laughs> buying me as Mr. Cube right now. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, what was the the Manchurian monkey? I think I'm going to go with Manchurian wow. monkey. Manchuri- 
Or Manchurian, spelled with a C-H, M-A-N-C-H-U-R-I-A-N. I I know the um, Manchurian candidate is someone who's been brainwashed. Right. And Mm. I feel like a brainwashed monkey makes me think, Yeah, that's a good cheese. (laughs) (laughs) This is a mushroom question. Oh, yeah, sorry. Does that change your answer? talking about cheese before, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because it was the cheese cap option. Um, that's I'll, yeah, I'll be uh, interested to see if this changes. Well, it's obviously Mancurian monkey. That could be a cheese. Certainly not a mushroom. My brain is is being ripped apart thinking about cheese, mushrooms, and monkeys at the same time. It's never wow a splendid before. dish you are concocting yeah. by accident. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, uh, Manchurian monkey type of mushrooms. Oh, lock it in. Lock it in. All right. Here's who wrote the answers. Uh, the Devil's Pen Pal. That was written by Jack. That was fantastic wow. work. Oh, thank you. Big yeah. fan of that. Yeah, well, I might just recycle it for something else that tickled me. <laughs> Put uh, it for the next question, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> then we had uh, Little Yummy Mushrooms. That was Alexi. Uh, cheese Cap. That was The House. Wow, The House has bested me. Uh, in particular, that was the dastardly duo of Danielle and Adam Osborne. Ooh. The Osbournes, you will rue the day you crossed me. Bested by the Osbournes. I have a funny <laughs> feeling that they might be mushroom people. Or, wow. Or, you know, That's, mushroom experts. Wait. Like weird creatures. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I think when they were gnomes, dude. Because <laughs> they, yeah, they, that just, I don't know, they, they just seem like they know what they're talking about. Uh, the Manchurian Monkey, that was written by me, the house. Oh, man. I didn't wow. know what it meant. Oh. I normally try and put one so ridiculous in that people won't guess it, and I'm finding they're often the ones that people go for. Yeah. Um, sorry to- Because that's the same mindset that people submitting the questions yes, have. Yes, that's so that right. That'll be why. Exactly, yeah. Uh, meaning the correct answer is Slippery Jack, and I would like to submit that as wow. another option for your new name. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. What are the options again? Slippery Jack. Jack Cheese. Jack Cheese. <laughs> And uh, Mr. Jack Cube, Parrot. Jack Parrot or Senor yeah. Cube. Well, you Mr. Cube oh, if you, you are. Mr. If Cube, you bock yeah. up, yeah. I don't mind um, so this is me being brought onto stage doing stand-up. Um, welcome to the stage, Slippery Jack Parrot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, one. That's good. And then, uh, You can hear people in the audience saying, oh, I've heard this guy's great. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm fully greased up in feathers and I slide from the back of the theatre all the way to the stage. Uh, I, I love setting up that much expectation at the start of a show. <laughs> you have to no work on the material. How do you, how do you yeah, follow same that old for bits. an hour? <laughs> uh, oh, so good. All right, well, that means you two now have a little bit of work to do. The score update is Jack on one point, Alexia on three points. Now out in front with a big lead, it's the house on six points. Fuck. I'm gonna kill the house. Is I'm gonna strike it down. This is, is very uncomfortable even territory. Statistically impossible for us. Uh, there's two more questions, and uh, you can so you can either of you could get a maximum of four points from here. Yeah. So you're okay. kind of out of the running. I mean, yeah, but I will say, and I think I'm gonna make this a permanent thing. The last round uh, when people are out of touch. We do uh, triple points if they want. Wow. And yeah. everyone so far has taken that option because okay. I mean, you know, why wouldn't you? It's weird that I even go, it's an option. I, think I, I might- will forbid Jack from choosing the no, triple I would, points. I, I dream of winning. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to live by the sword, die by the sword. In this no, no, no. I would love to do the triple points. I would love to become a really high winner. I feel like we might just if make I win it- or if I lose, to so lose to the house yeah. and Jack honorably. <laughs> I like that. All right. So here's question number six. Uh, and it comes from... Kieran Darcy from Birmingham in the UK. Question is, why did the West Bromwich Albion Football Club 
make news in August of 2018. Why did the West Bromwich Albion Football Club make news in August of 2018? And while you're writing those answers, let me tell you a little more about Slippery Jacks. According to Danielle and Adam, the Slippery Jack, also known as the Sticky Bun Fungus, is an edible fungus found under conifer trees in the UK. Gets its name from the slimy coating it secretes during wet weather. It is recommended to remove its slimy coating before cooking in a soup or stew. They can, apparently the slime can give you uh, stomach issues. So if anyone's out there hunting for mushrooms, get rid of the slime. All right, question number six. Why did the West Bromwich Albion Football Club make news in August of 2018? They won the game by trying out a new strategy of building a team of local semi-professional wrestlers. Due to a translation error, the team's star recruit from Italy tried to eat a training cone thinking it was part of a hazing tradition. (laughs) After signing a sponsorship deal with a heating company, they unveiled their new mascot, Boiler Man. (laughs) Their goalkeeper needed to pee during the match and conceded a goal while peeing behind the net. Or they signed a dog to play as striker with the club saying (laughs) that there was no specific rule against it. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. This is one of those ones where I just would love all of these to have happened. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't know if either of you want to jump in first here. Um, There were a lot of good ones there. Um, I I had a thing and I've... I did a video about this one time, so I don't want to like rehash like I'm doing bits or whatever, but the whole like the um, Airbud style, like yeah. there's nothing against it in the rules. It's like I don't think rule books need to come up with rules against every possible <laughs> yeah. like surreal option yeah. that could exist in the universe. I don't think it's how rule, like I think rules are pretty limited to the scope of what one would expect could happen in a game. Yeah. Like if you like, oh, you nothing against, um, you know, firing a gun into the air or it's like, yeah. yeah. You can't write an infinite rule book of everything that could happen. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. I liked liked the sound of Boiler Man. Boiler Mm. Man. I liked um, there was a... there's a good documentary I watched about the the Danbury Trashers, which is a hockey team run by a mafia, uh, <laughs> run by the, the son of this mafia guy. And um, their mascot was just this uh, ice skating trash can. And I thought that was so good. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, so I like Boiler Man. Um, so you're leaning that way? I could do with another... Another read? Rundown, if that's okay. Uh, so yes. I'll just go briefly. So we had the, they made up their team of semi-professional wrestlers. Sick. The Italian uh, recruit ate a, tried to eat a training cone. That's it. Uh, <laughs> Boiler Man was a new mascot. A goalkeeper considered a goal while having a pee behind the net or they signed a dog to play as striker. Wow. Wow, Okay. Hmm. I'm trying to employ my empathy because it's played. It's, it's served me so well in the past with the guy eating his own underwear. I'm trying to put my yep. head into all of these people, and I keep relating to the person, the goalkeeper who had to chuck a slash because I've been there, brother. Yeah. Many times I've had a pee brewing in my body, and I've even an inappropriate, inopportune time to let it go. But sometimes you just got to let it go. So I'm going with the the piss guy, All the right. guy who pissed on the fields behind the goals or whatever it was. Piss guy for Lex. Yeah, piss guy. Piss Jack, guy. this is not a submission for your nicknames. So I wouldn't <laughs> put this one to you, sir. Um, you're in the market for a nickname, though. 
Yeah, <laughs> piss guy. Mine. That could suit piss me. Guy. And I do I do piss almost every day. Yeah, almost yeah. every day I piss. So it's something <laughs> I do quite regularly. Every weekday, right? Every weekday. Weekend, yeah. I hold it in. Yeah. Weekend, <laughs> that's for you. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with um, the... Not Boiler Man because I don't. The question was why did they make news, and I don't know if that would make the news. So it's I'm going to go. Newsworthy. Yeah, I'm going to go with. The, <laughs> now that you mentioned the piss guy, might not be newsworthy either. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's, it's like it's a you okay. know, There's quirky stories in the papers. Um, but uh, I don't yeah. think it was a. I don't think it was a uh, leading the news bulletin or anything. Okay, like that. Yeah. <laughs> I only Break care about headlines. <laughs> 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 We, we'll return to the what's unfolding in the Ukraine. But first, we got Piss Guy. Um, uh, and it's a smallish club as well, you know, so yeah. making the local news kind of thing. Yeah, I'm going to go with the, uh, the, the tricked Italian. Tricked Italian, all right. Yeah. Looking at him, Jack. Tricked out Italian. All right, let's go through who wrote the answers. Who wrote? Uh, they signed a dog to play a striker. That was written by the house. And you know, I like your take on it. That is a good point. <laughs> they, we shouldn't have to write so many stipulations about yeah. every breed of animal that isn't allowed to play on this human yeah, sporting like, uh, team. Nothing against a pelican. <laughs> <laughs> a pelican playing goalkeeper, swallowing yeah. the ball up. You yeah. can't do it. Flying all the way to the other side. Uh, Not a travel. Didn't touch the ground. <laughs> <laughs> They're technically not feet. They're flippers, so it's not traveling. Checkmate, okay, we've got to make this freaking movie. We've got to do it. Uh, the team full of semi-professional wrestlers. That was written by Alexi. Then we had the translation error leading to the Italian player trying to eat a cone. That was the house, Oof. I'm afraid, Jack. Uh, the goal to my guns. The goalkeeper needing a pee during the match, conceding a goal. That was written by Jack. So wow, one point there for you, Jack. Jack. And Jack, you were so close to being correct. The answer was after signing a sponsorship deal with a heating company, they unveiled their new mascot, Boiler Man. Uh, see, Boiler I was, Man. I, I was locked so, in on that and then I was just like, but why would it be in the yeah. news? I don't understand wow. the news I think, aspect. I think I might have even put that part of the into the question, I'm afraid. Right. That, I think the way they, uh, the way Kieran wrote the question was, what strange mascot did West, West Bromwich had? And I wanted to open mm. it up to a bit oh, more I see. creative yeah. writing. And I put the, and I read about it in a newspaper article that he linked to. I see. So yeah, I, yeah. yeah. So I, sorry about the bum steer there. No, that's okay. Well, Jack, you used my greatest strength against me, my empathy. You figured out my yeah, strategies yeah. and you use it to turn against me. You, sir, are one of the great players of this game. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right, but that does mean uh, going to the final round with triple points, it is still technically anyone's game. So if you get, if Alexi picks yours, Jack, and you get it right, mm. you will win the game. I think even oh. triple points, I'm still out though. If you're on, how many are you on? I'm on now on seven, but you're on two. So you can oh, get yeah, six got- points and you can jump into the lead. <sighs> All right. Uh, so Good obviously Lord. same for Alexi. So Jack's on two, Alexi on three, the house on seven points. Uh, normally, the way it plays out, though, is that the person in the lead ends up winning by more. But, you know, at least the opportunity for wow. anyone to win is there. Anyone can strike. Anyone can win. Even the dreaded house could still win. And this is the one I'm fearing because I, I had to go all the way over to Germany. Uh, this one comes from wow. Tina from Weisbaden or something like Hi, that. Hi, Guten Tag. <laughs> and I'm hoping that you haven't seen this one, Lexi. <laughs> Uh, what was the synopsis of the 2007 German movie 
Kainal Heisen. I'll tell you the English name. Rabbit without ears. Kino Herhausen. It's not right. Wow. It's rabbit without ears. Sorry to German listeners uh, for me butchering that. So what is the movie synopsis for the 2007 German film Rabbit Without Ears? While your answers are being written, here is some more information about the Boiler Man. According to the Telegraph, West Brom's start to life in the EFL Championship may have begun with a defeat to Bolton, but their opening day of the season was not a total disappointment. Saturday's game at the Hawthorns saw the club unveil Boiler Man, West Brom's new mascot following their sponsorship deal with Hull-based company Ideal Boilers. West Brom announced the lucrative two-year sponsorship agreement with Ideal Boilers back in May, and the company's logo is now the main sponsor on West Brom's match shirts and training kit. Quite rightly, the new mascot was met with suitable levels of mockery from both away supporters and West Brom's own fans. At the side of the combi boiler, uh, with no eyes, dancing its way around the side of the pitch and attempting to participate in some training drills. Uh, good luck to the rest of the sporting world moving forward with their bids to come up with a more superb mascot than Boiler Man. Beautiful journalism there, I thought. Honestly, he's not that far off Cube Man, Senor Cube. I was just laughing at um, the... The phrasing of ideal boilers, yeah. like not good boilers or discount, just ideal. Like That's possible. Yeah. I'm in the market for uh, something that boils water. Well, this is a boiler. That's ideal. That's ideal. That's what you want. So this is what he looks like. Oh, that rules. Yeah, so good. And it's the mascot they're against in this match is some sort of bird. And I'm taking a boiler over a bird any day of the week. Well, that this is their old mascot. Oh, they're passing and the torch. Yeah, they and I think there was backlash. What it, about Flappy the bird or whatever? The bird that is? symbolically hops in the boiler <laughs> and is cooked alive. Boiler man. I thought maybe you might have it might have come up when you're at the project or something. Um, that's but the how much you remember day to day stuff. Yeah, that's the kind of thing I would remember. Like I get, um, I would get obsessed about these weird little stories, and then I would forget like major world events. Yeah. This is some Australian showbiz behind the scenes thing. Uh, there was a, by the way, it sounds like from people submitting the questions, this podcast is banned in Australia. From what I, I know, can, I noticed very, that. very global audience. <laughs> yeah, it's weird because we there's quite a lot of listeners in Australia, but yeah, I don't know. Just for some reason, this week I picked all a lot of Aussie cowards, not willing to. <laughs> they can watch from the sidelines, but not willing to get in the game. Yeah. But, oh, yeah, so with the the project, I used to be a writer on the project, and there was a story one day about uh, someone made, like, this big, beautiful sort of tweed suit for a horse to wear. (laughs) Um, And that we were trying to get that on the story as, as like, one of the fun, quirky, like, "Ah, and in other news, uh, look at this horse wearing a tweed suit. Isn't this kind of a... And then do a little joke on that. Um, And then something happened in the news and we couldn't get to the horse story. And uh, it just became... For years after that, like any time there wasn't a, they needed the story to be on the show. We would just aggressively pitch a horse was wearing in a suit, a suit like three years ago. Like we were just not yeah. much from that story. It's like, here's the horse. It's wearing a suit. Put this on the show. It's like, <laughs> that didn't happen chance. on the day it was news. Like we're not putting it on now. Like, it's good. The horse looks good. The horse is still around, we assume. Um, and if you had- The horse is looking sharp. Let's yeah. put him on TV. Um, and have you had uh, Beck Petratus on this podcast? No, not yet. I've tried to, but okay. she is busy. Well, she is rejecting you. Yeah. yeah. That's another way to put it. <laughs> well, one of her many tattoos is said horse. Oh, wow. Right. That's great. I love that extra context. 
Here's the final question. Triple points up for grabs. Oh, my gosh. The tension is palpable, is steamy, and it is exciting right now for the listener and for us as well. What is the synopsis of the 2007 German film Rabbit Without Ears? Here are your five options. Gossip columnist Ludo is sentenced to work at a local daycare center after an accident. His new boss turns out to be a woman he used to play practical jokes on at school. She hasn't forgotten and is prepared to use her newfound power to get her own back. At the behest of its aging patriarch, a prominent Hanover crime family heads on a hunting trip to the woodlands of Lower Saxony. Before the weekend is over, the hunters become the prey. Oh. A big ghost arrives in town and takes over a local petting zoo. A little wolf named Wolfgang learns to accept his horrible howl when he meets Ronald, a rowdy rabbit who was born without ears. Or guardian angels look upon Berlin from up above. A young girl is bullied and neglected but finds solace when Bruno, her guardian angel, protects her at school when he inhabits the body of her favourite stuffed animal, an earless rabbit. I mean, you've seen a lot of films, Lexi. Jack, mm-hmm. I think you're a bit of a film buff too. I've seen no films, oh, not sorry. a single one. <laughs> you two are so- I hear they're good. I've wow. heard yin and yang I haven't got around to it yet. We are the chalk and cheese of comedy, <laughs> and that's why we get along so well because we feel each other's knowledge. Do you think many of these films could get green lit? Uh, you know? I would say every single film should have the opportunity to be green lit. Mm. Every idea should be made with a million dollar plus budget that anyone has, and everyone should get the chance to make at least. Two or three movies in their lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a great I idea. I strongly agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, everybody should get the chance to make two or three. You don't have to, or are you saying you have to? Sort of like compulsory You don't have to, service. but anyone can. Okay, I like You've got like that. a total budget of like mm. six or seven million, <laughs> so you could spread that out over three films, yeah. or you could commit mm-hmm. to one bigger one if you want. Oh, when you're so born great. into this world, you're given a bank account with seven million dollars, but it can yeah. only be used to make a film. Yeah. Do you get to keep the profits if it makes any? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So you'd be, yeah, you'd you'd either go with your heart and you make the mm-hmm. the art that you want to make, or you yep. sort of sell out and go, I, I need the money, I want to yeah. make. Some. And then how crushed would you be when you, this sort of popcorn movie you make that you've Mm. You've uh, compromised on mm. ends up bombing anyway. Yeah. A tale as old as time, brother. That's the risk that you make trying to make something in this world. Imagine if Avatar bombed. How would you feel? Oh, oh God. It. It was, I just saw that was nominated for Best Picture, Alexi, is that? Yeah, for Beck Picture. Beck's Beck <laughs> favourite picture. <laughs> is that a... Is that a... Is that... Out of the blue, out of the blue, no. Uh, is that wow? No, sorry. Well, that would be a great title for an Avatar movie. <laughs> oh yeah, Avatar, out of the blue. <laughs> is it? Is it does seem like a, an odd one out. They don't normally go for movies that are so CGI like, do they? Oh, you know, every movie has CGI in it nowadays, and cool. um, Avatar already has precedence. The first film was nominated for Best Picture as well. Oh, right. In the first year that they put the 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 nominees up to ten. From five to ten, and it was because they want to get more 
bigger blockbusters right. nominated because they felt that the Academy was actually being uh, no longer popular. People weren't seeing the films they wanted represented in there. So sorry to um, have gone on a tirade here, no, but I, you I asked mean, me a question about film. I had to. <laughs> I had to impart my knowledge. I, um, and I loved it. I was goofing around before when I said I haven't seen any movies. I did see uh, Avatar 2, The Way of Water, and there is a uh, crab robot that features. Yeah. Really? There. I reckon that's an Oscar nom right away. The <laughs> Oscar people <laughs> did not yeah. even finish the film. I think they saw those crab mm. mech robots and were like, yeah. We're, yeah. They got the Oscar right there. Wow. And congratulations to Crab Mech Robot on his Best Supporting Act nomination. <laughs> well earned, sir. Uh, all right. So the question is, which of these is the synopsis for the 2007 German film Rabbit Without Ears? Wow. I've seen a lot of again? German movies, oh, but okay. I've never seen a Rabbit Without Ears. I have never even heard of it. So, Matt, you have done a great job. Yes. Ay, ay, ay. I'm going to say the one that I feel is... Mm, Okay, this is tough. This is very tough because I'm actually quite the movie man and now I'm being tested against my knowledge and I feel <laughs> all sorts of out of whack right now. I will, uh, there's tears slowly pouring from my eyes as I go under <laughs> pressure here. Ay, ay, ay. I am going to go with, Jack, do you have any ideas? <laughs> um, I'm leaning towards uh, option A. Uh, the gossip columnist Ludo. Ludo stuck in my brain for some reason. Yeah. I thought that was a a good name. Um, I, th- I thought the other ones didn't maybe feel as complete in my mind. Mm. And uh, so I'm- They could have been written by someone under pressure having to think of the movie <laughs> yeah. immediately, say in Germany perhaps. Yeah, they all had the, mm. the, the feel of a nervous podcaster, you know, <laughs> um, mm. where that one had the- the energy of a steely German filmmaker. All right. Yes. That is one that I was thinking too. The name Ludo has just been stuck in my head as wow. well as it's been yeah, you, yeah, that's right. You've listened Ludo. to this podcast before, right, Lex? I have. I have listened to this have, podcast before. Have Let you- it be known. It's one of my favorite podcasts. I think it's very funny and you're a great host. Oh, well, that's very and nice. that should be taken into account when my score <laughs> is added up at the end. <laughs> I am- um- because uh, we've done a bunch of movies before. Do you normally mm. know the movie in the last I would question? say eight or nine times out of ten. And yeah. I have listened to probably every episode. I've known almost all the movies. Yeah, I thought I thought you might, because they're sort of they're obscure for your average person, but not for a movie mm. buff. I'm an above average person. Yeah, you so. certainly are. <laughs> mm. uh, so uh, you, especially you, when it comes to the BMI, <laughs> the body mass index. <laughs> are you gonna are you going the same way? Yes. Are you locking in Ludo as well? Is it unwise for me to look in the same answer as Juice? Well, I think it means that well, you will finish above him. Yeah, your score is ahead of mine, so you, you mm. take me out of you the actually, position there. It would be quite wise if yeah, I were yeah. to do that then. Ay, ay, ay. Well, it's the one I think is right, but there's no reward without risk. <laughs> Um, so I will probably lock in. You've like people do this all the time, and they nearly never the switch never never pays off. But no, what are you going? With? Second guess. There is no is reward mine. without risk. But let me tell you this: I'm a man who does not need reward, and I hate risk. I'm going for Ludo. Oh, you going for Ludo? Okay. Yeah. Wait, can it. I change mine then? Because I know statistically, <laughs> even if it is Ludo, I still lose. Uh, oh, I mean. There's nothing in the rule books wow. that says absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> can I let this? Can I let this pig uh, pick for me? Fucking All right. Fucking hell, I'm going to the guardian angel one. All right, wow. look in the guardian angel. 
All right. Well, let's go through who wrote the answers. Uh, the behest of the aging patriarch, the crime family from Hanover becomes the prey. That was written by The House. Uh, wow, The House. Great work using the word behest, I must say. <laughs> it just flew. I was aghast when I heard the word behest. <laughs> <laughs> was, that, was that like, oh, uh, that's someone trying too hard? Is that a, mm. like a real red flag when you- I've read listen- probably 20,000 film synopses in my life. I've never seen the word behest <laughs> written in there. <laughs> Uh, well, T- that was written by me and Tina. That was a collab there. Uh, Great work, Tina. Tina. Who wrote Behest? Who wrote Behest? I, to think, be Beh- I think that was mine, I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. So, Tina, maybe you had something that was guessable and then I came in and made At it At the too. behest of your own concerns. <laughs> uh, Tina also wrote, and I didn't, I don't think I toyed with this one at all, the one about the little wolf named Wolfgang. Learning really to accept good. his horrible howl. I'm picturing that that's a kid's movie, like a, an mm-hmm. animation maybe. Well, even though that one is uh, more plausible, I didn't pick it because I felt like I would know most uh, German animated movies because they would likely be up for Oscars. They always have like one oh, right. international movie in the best animated film category. And I was like, this one I would know about. Hey, remember Harvey Crumpet? God, Harvey Crumpet was one of the most iconic moments in Australian that history really when was. that was nominated for Best Short Film. It's so funny. Like, I, I'm not yeah. a cinephile by any stretch, yeah. and uh, I knew all about Harvey Crumpet. Harvey Crumpet was a sensation was in the, this land. That movie maker was a he was he was a household name for a bit there. For a moment, now I even I don't know his name, but his follow up film, his feature, Mary and Max, is a masterpiece. I watched that. I and enjoyed really it. Yeah, it. great movie. I gotta I gotta look up his name quickly. His name is Harvard Compress. <laughs> Adam Elliot. Oh, Adam Elliot. Adam Elliot. What a guy. I was going to say Elliot Goblet. Elliot Goblet. Yeah, it was a collab. <laughs> uh, where, where, where are we up to? Being uh, distracted here, sorry. So uh, then we had a big ghost arrives in town and takes over a local petting zoo. That was Jack. And fuck, I found wow. that very funny. Great work, Jack. I love the idea of the, the size of a ghost being mm. huge. <laughs> yeah, I thought if I added this- a detail, it would make it sound more like a synopsis. <laughs> but then once you started reading the other ones, I was like, oh, film synopsis are more than just one stupid line. They the Stuff happens in a film synopsis. Well, I'm, I'm glad you, you said that If you said a ghost that is eight foot tall and eight foot wide, <laughs> yeah. then I might have been more tempted. Uh, that was great. Um Guardian Angels Look Upon Berlin from up above. That's one Jack selected. That was Alexi. So three points oh, there to Alexi. Well, gave you an extra wow. point. And Alexi wow. also got the question right. It was gossip columnist wow. Ludo. Oh, man. Uh, sentenced to work at a local daycare center after an accident. So that's six points wow. to Alexi. I couldn't have worked out better for me to force Jack out of the correct yeah, answer yeah. into mine. I, as I said, live and die by the sword. Don't mind. <laughs> and I was the one who lived by it. Congratulations the, to me. One of the great successes of the game. Of the seven questions, Jack, you picked the right one twice and changed. That's true. Um, so, yeah. You, you have to go for your gut instinct, Jack. I always have said that to you. Well, I only- That was good tactics in that last one. The second one was, yeah, that was a statistical um, one. I don't think I was- I think I still made I made the right decision there yes. by changing because if I hadn't changed, I still would have lost. Yeah, that's right. And, and I, I, I would have feel won. something. You know? I, I appreciate it because you meant that I didn't have to. It always feels gross when the house wins. I invite you onto a podcast and then go. Anyway, I won. Goodbye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll do a score update in a second. Uh, but before that, let me tell you a little bit about the film. Apparently, it was co-written, produced, directed by, and starring a guy called Till Schweiger. 
You familiar? Oh, with he's from Inglorious Bastards. That's right. He is. He's Inglorious Bastards, and he's in the movie SLC Punk, which I watched like three days ago. Oh wow! There you go. Um, and he, yeah, I think he's a big name mm. in Germany. This was a, a like a surprise hit over there, um, but. Yeah, it's a romantic comedy. I think it, it sort of it was commercially successful, but sort of mixed uh, in the reviews. But it did win a couple wow. of awards as well, uh, as, as well as Inglorious Bastards. He was also in Muppets Most Wanted and Deuce mm-hmm. Bigelow European Gigolo. Of course, I watched that movie very recently. How often do you watch Bruce? What's the name of the movie? Uh, Deuce Bigelow. <laughs> Deuce Bigelow. Um, it probably was the first time I'd seen it in maybe 16 years because I saw yeah. it when it was originally released on DVD and I thought this is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And then recently I need to watch something that would not put my mind in any kind of place and I decided Deuce Bigelow would be my answer. And I did watch <laughs> Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo, uh, during the making of Finding Jesus in my downtime. My limited downtime, I chose to watch that movie by myself. And is this, did you know this? I I only noticed this yesterday when I was writing this up, that uh, it was directed by Mike Bigelow. Deuce Bigelow was directed by Mike Bigelow. Wow. Wow. Perhaps a ghost director of some kind. (laughs) Yeah. Directed by an in-character brother of the lead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that does, is that possible that someone's like, I don't want to take credit for this. What's that old thing that people used to say? There was like a non-diplume for directors who didn't want to take credit for films. Isn't there like a- Alan Smithy. Alan Smithy, yeah. I'm looking at a review for uh, Rabbit With Our Ears right now on Letterboxd. The top review is from a woman called Vicky. One of the drawbacks of being German is that you're surrounded by movies starring Till Schweiger (laughs) because people here actually seem to think it would be a good idea to cast him for the role of a stereotype guy with a ridiculously annoying Mickey Mouse voice in a stereotype and unoriginal story which we've seen in one form or another hundreds of times before. Not enough that the story itself is boring, conventional, though trying to be original and breaking with conventions, German filmmakers unerringly understand how to make it even worse by adding a Till Schweiger. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, Jeez. man. Cop that till. Pretty good um, endorsement for Germany, though, if that's the worst thing about <laughs> being German, is that there are movies starring Till Schweiger. That sounds like paradise. That's the worst part. <laughs> Hard cut to you <laughs> living there after six months, packing your bag. Yeah, I can't yeah. take any more till. Till <laughs> <laughs> Worse than I thought. All right. So the final score check is this. On two points, we had Jack. What well on Jack? No, not that well done. Let's. Let's be honest. And Jack, people can watch your comedy special right now. Yeah, right now. Um, it's on YouTube. It's called Rat Paradise. And uh, my channel is just, just search Jack Drews. It'll be there as well. And uh, I got other stuff on my channel. I got sketches. I got a, I got a sketch about um, how rule books don't need to have every possible outcome <laughs> in them, Airbud style. <laughs> Check that out. Um, but, yeah, if you want to. That would be my big plug for today. And, and you're also, yeah. um, for locals, you're, are you touring a new show or just at Melbourne? Oh, yeah. No, I'm not touring anything. But if you live in Melbourne and I will be doing a show at the Melbourne Comedy Festival called Dreamboat, uh, you can buy a ticket for that at the Comedy Festival website. Just search Jack Drews again. Awesome. Oh, man, Jack. Those sketches you've been putting up are so freaking funny, man. Thanks, man. That's uh, very nice of you to say. It's uh, a lot of fun doing them. A lot more fun than stand-up, to be honest. Whoa. Stand-up's great. Okay. Stand-up's great, Whoa. but it's only like great while you're doing it. Yeah. Like the sketches, it's like it's fun filming it, it's fun editing it, you know, the whole thing. It's a great day. 
Stand up, you are on blast. Get yeah. your act together, stand up, and yeah, maybe one day you'll be funny as sketch. <laughs> Uh, then we had the house on seven points, but out in front on nine points, swooping into the lead. Wow. It's Alexi Taliopoulos. I actually felt pride when you said my name that loud and strangely. I felt really <laughs> a lot of pride in that announcement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it did feel like victory to me yeah. in that exact moment. Wow. That is the prize. Um, you get your wow. name said strangely and loud. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, wow, wow, wow. Lex, people can still see your smash hit YouTube series, I believe. Yes, you are still allowed to watch Finding Jesus. Sure, the early buzz is over, but why don't you try and get it into your system now? Finding Jesus is an investigative documentary series where Cameron James and I solve one of the internet's greatest unsolved mysteries. So it's no longer an unsolved mystery. We did solve it. We are heroes. We are geniuses. <laughs> And it follows on from a couple of great podcast series of a similar nature, Finding Drago and Finding Forrester. No. No. no, no. I knew that, that was wrong a, as soon as I started saying that it. That is a movie starring Sean Connery where he says, you're the dog now, man. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, isn't the other way around? Or is you're that- the man now, dog. <laughs> yeah, Excuse yeah. me. Yeah. Well, that's my version. Yeah. He does say that in Finding Desperado. <laughs> Uh, all right. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. I, I should say people can also see me at the Melbourne Comedy Festival coming up and the Adelaide Fringe, my show Ding. Uh, com has details. And uh, like Jack, I've got an, an hour of comedy up online um, and you can find that. I'll uh, put a link to both of them in the show notes if I remember. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, you two. Anything else you need to tell people before we go? Um, no, no, not at all. That was fun. Thank you for having me on. No worries. Hopefully, you can come back sometime soon. Yeah, love to. Just to pass my regards on to Senior Cube and his family. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I should also say we're doing a live Who Knew It, this podcast, on the 9th of April in Melbourne, Easter Sunday, 2 p.m. in the Arvo, and you can get tickets now. Should be a link in the show notes set too. Thanks so much for joining us. As if, it, if it becomes a fan favourite, I'm willing to appear as a <laughs> Slippery Jack Parrot. If, that's, uh, if the fans if demand, demand it, it. All, yeah. <laughs> Well, well, obviously, uh, tweet tweet us, tag Jack in. You're on, you're on Twitter, yeah. So yeah, yeah tag us uh, in and uh, and tag a- me, tag me yeah. as well, guys. Hey, Don't well, leave me out. It's just Don't nice getting me. a notification. What what yes. kind of uh, what kind of barrier are we leaving here? Three tweets and um, ten tweets. It needs to be. I think it's uh, hundred tweets. Hundred tweets. Hundred tweets. <laughs> yeah, right. and then it will be legally changed. Okay, <laughs> so we need a hundred of you to. Uh, a judge will be ruling on the matter. I'm already at regretting tweets. this in a big, big way. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, thanks so much for listening. Tell your friends if you think they might enjoy it. Give us a five star review if you if you have the chance. And you do have the chance, I should say. <laughs> please <laughs> take that and take that chance, please. Uh, cheers it, tuning in to Who Knew with Matt Stewart. And now that you know it, I've been Matt Stewart. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.